Hello, now welcome to the show. Just before we crack on, I just want to double check. Do you want to get confident on camera, be irresistible to those you're talking to and speak online with confidence and ease? Well, grab my new online course, Calm On Camera, the pre-recorded series now. Over the course of four sessions, we'll be really getting clear on why it is that you're showing up online and how to do it in a way that works for you. So head to amylayton.teachable.com and enter the promo code IRRESISTIBLEPRESENCE for 10% off now. Hello, welcome back to Irresistible Presence, episode three. Now, I have another gorgeous guest for you today. And today, I am talking to Sky Ferguson, who is a PR coach and guru. And whatever she, what she doesn't know about PR isn't worth knowing. Now, we had, we actually had a really, really, really brilliant conversation and we spoke about confidence and putting yourself out there and owning it as an expert, which can be really, really hard sometimes. And I, I certainly know that from personal experience. What I really loved about Sky and this conversation that we had was that not only does she look at the strategy behind getting yourself out there and what you need to do practically speaking, but also she looks at mindset as well. And that's what we really focus focus on today. So we really focus on that imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs and how you can stop those from getting in the way so that when you need to get yourself out there, you can do it in the best way possible. That, I guess, imposter syndrome and the not feeling so confident always manifested itself around work. So, you know, I was never, it's not like I was bad at what I did or I ever got that kind of feedback, but I just never, I guess there was a lot of comparison with other people never really felt like I was good enough or successful enough and applying for jobs would never like be brave enough to apply for that slightly more senior role or apply for that promotion and that kind of thing so that's probably where I like lacked the most confidence. So let's crack on with the show. I am so excited to be speaking today to Sky Ferguson, who is a PR coach. And again, we are going to be chatting all things confidence and understanding her relationship with confidence and imposter syndrome. And when we are speaking and when we're needing to get ourselves out there, how we can put ourselves out as an expert, because let's face it, sometimes having to own that kind of thing can be really quite terrifying. I can see Sky and she's nodding at the same time. Um, so Sky, I've just kind of done a very quick introduction, but would you mind just introducing yourself um, in your own words? And then I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask you just to warm us up today. Okay, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. So yeah, as you said, I'm a PR coach. So I work with uh, female entrepreneurs who want to get featured in the press, but they just don't know where to start. Um, so a lot of my work is kind of practical tips on, you know, what makes a good story? How do you write a pitch? Who should you approach? How do you do that? That kind of thing. Um, but as a qualified coach, I also, as you said, work on all of that mindset stuff that can come up for people when they're putting themselves out to such a big platform. That kind of, you know, who am I to pitch myself to the media? Who am I to present myself as the expert? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. So we work through all of that as well. So that, yeah, you can put yourself out there and present as the expert that you really are and become seen as, you know, the go-to person in your industry. Mm, so it's kind of the practical side of it, but also the mindset side. Yes, itself. exactly. Great. 
because that is something that I struggle with, especially, and I'm sure that a lot of other people will. Um, so I've got I've got a few quick fire questions for you today before we, before we get deep into our conversation. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm a notorious overthinker, so I'm going to have to really relax for this. Okay. <laughs> Just take Just it as it comes. Chill. You go with the flow, go with whatever comes. <laughs> the truth's coming out. <laughs> Daily Mail. <laughs> It's got a really good reach, to be fair. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, all right. We are talking to a PR coach after all. <laughs> okay, all right. So, first question, Sky. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner every day of the week. Most exciting meal. I just feel like breakfast. I mean, am I supposed to give? I don't know. I'm just going to go into it very quickly. Wait, for wait, you. Go on, go on. I don't me. like eggs. Okay. I cannot deal with eggs. They freak not? me out. So I can't, my breakfast is just, I feel like everything's eggy at breakfast. And then lunch, you know, there's not so much time. Dinner. Yeah. And I love cooking. So dinner all the time. Okay. All right. Um, so in that case, in that case with dinner, starter, main or pudding? Ooh, main. Yeah, not a pudding. And let's just get to the good stuff. <laughs> uh, meat or veggie? Meat. Always meat. Sorry. I just couldn't be. Apart from the eggs, I couldn't be less vegan. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And one final quick fire question. What would be your last meal if you could pick anything on earth? Oh, my goodness. I am honestly the worst with this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of question that people ask you all the time and I'm like mm, mm. but do you know what I'm just gonna stick with the meat theme I'm not really sure what this is gonna be doing for my profile and I'm just gonna go mixed grill give me a little Turkish banquet I'll be happy <laughs> oh yes well we can have some salads and dips as well but you know a mixed grill that's but the meat is the, the, the real thing yeah exactly <laughs> sorry to all the vegetarians and vegans out there <laughs> no we've got to be true to ourselves we've got to we own do. i did yeah you've got to own your brand that's what i've said just be yourself and have an opinion <laughs> so sky ferguson pr coach and mixed grill lover Daily Mail, here we come it really is me that is on brand <laughs> Brilliant. You see, we're all we're, we're already standing out as individuals here. This is what this is all about. <laughs> you take it. You take it. <laughs> right. So now we know that Sky, you love a good mixed grill dinner. <laughs> now we know that, and you've owned that, and you've taken that confidence in on yourself to say, "Hell, I I love a good mixed grill. I love the meat." Um, <laughs> Take thinking about our podcast today. Um, what what does confidence mean to you? What it's such a segue, isn't it? Great <laughs> trail. But what what does what does confidence mean to you? So I think it's really interesting question for me because I am very much an extrovert, like an extroverted extrovert. Like I get all my energy from people. I love kind of putting myself out there, chatting to people, that kind of thing. So I think confident is definitely a word that like I would probably use to describe myself. And it's probably like a word that other people would use to describe me. 
But that's just the external stuff, isn't it? That's not actually what's going on underneath. And I think that kind of, yeah, as I've got older, I think you begin to realise how important that inner confidence is. It doesn't really matter what's presenting on the outside, but it's kind of how you feel inside as well. So, um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of with everything, like, you know, success, confidence, whatever all those other words are, like, you know, they can mean different things to different people. So I think I present really confidently, but that doesn't always mean that that's everything that's going on inside for me. Mm, Yeah, and this kind of this inner and external battle, I guess, between what's going on on the outside versus actually what's going on internally for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what has your relationship been with confidence so far? Like, tell us, tell us your journey. Um, give us a little bit more, more detail as to kind of what you've been through and, and what your relationship with confidence has been. Definitely. So yeah, always that kind of external thing of like at school, always had to be the loud one, always trying to be the funny one. <laughs> not not just at school, I mean at work, everywhere. Um, and I guess like for me, probably the sort of that, I guess, imposter syndrome and the not feeling so confident always manifested itself around work. So, you know, I was never, it's not like I was bad at what I did or I ever got that kind of feedback, but I just never I guess there was a lot of comparison with other people never really felt like I was good enough or successful enough and applying for jobs would never like be brave enough to apply for that slightly more senior role or apply for that promotion and that kind of thing so that's probably where I like lacked the most confidence and then ironically going on to run my own business and working for myself I think that test your confidence more than anything that is where that imposter syndrome rages but like it's such a big step for me and actually although it's such a challenge and like it brings a lot of stuff up being able to do it is definitely probably I would say like one of the bravest things for me that I could have done Mm, there is such a leap of faith isn't there when you do set up your own business and going from full-time employment as as you were is that right and then going into kind of doing your own thing and suddenly you're like where do I get work from how is this going to work I'm working by myself I'm no longer working as part of a team where does that team come from and that support network how do I structure my day how do do I do this how do I put myself there totally and like there's something about that nine to five that even though, as I said, you know, it wasn't that I felt really confident, but there's something about that, like, you know, it's scary to apply and it's scary to have the interview. And it's not that you feel great every day, but there's almost that thing of like, well, you picked me. It's like, we're kind of in this together sort of thing. It's something that feels like once you're there, it's a little bit safe. Whereas obviously when you're working for yourself, it's like always getting new clients, always working on new things and not having like that team around you, like you said, not having the boss that's going to be like you're doing really well or having that performance review, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. And like, yeah, not having those people around you to like bounce ideas off or like, you know, go to them and be like, is this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? Um, and it's something that's been so important to me since I've worked for myself is to have those like what I call like fake colleagues so like people that also work for themselves people that are doing their own thing they might not be doing the same thing as you but someone that you can check in with like someone that you maybe like I have um so my friend Sim who was also my coach before that and you know she's my accountability buddy so we we do speak every Monday 
um, just have a chat about what's going on. I mean, we speak a lot in between as well. Um, but yeah, just like set some goals and be accountable to someone, but also to be like, is this a shit idea? Or is this a good idea? Like that kind of thing. And that's probably um, like the advice that I always give to people now who are thinking about working for themselves or, or who are just starting out is like, surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing um because you you can't lose that sort of like team element on that sort of support element of it mm, mm, I yeah I that is very definitely something that I have struggled with setting up my own business is I don't know I guess I just kind of expected it when I started my business two and a half years ago I just kind of expected me to be able to crack on and and be okay and Ever since I graduated from drama school, I have been self-employed. You know, there's never been a point where I've had a full-time job. So I've, I've been used to running around, going here, there and everywhere, switching hats, doing different things. And I guess I, I kind of set up my business with the idea of, well, this is going to give me more flexibility and more control over the work that I do. But actually what I didn't realise was that that automatically took me out of any kind of team you know, even the other freelance roles that I used to do, I would be part of a team, albeit we were a team of freelancers, you know, coming in to deliver a session together and then going off and living our separate lives or whatever. And it's it's really hard at first. It's really difficult. Well, I don't know. Some people might find it really easy to go out. And, you know, you're saying that you're an extroverted extrovert. So I don't know whether your experience of meeting people and connecting might be different to mine actually I think there's like because there's so many different parts of it I guess isn't there and again it's the outside versus the inside but I think where I'm like it, what I love is the networking and like I always know a lot of people and I'm always like oh you want to speak to this person like a, a connector I like to connect people and so when I did start out on my own I was like oh I've been networking my whole life like that's what I like to do like this is really useful um so I love reaching out and like sort of meeting new people like I enjoy doing like I love chatting to people on podcast lives that kind of thing um but that's again it's only one part of it you've still got to do that whole like should I do this is this a good idea will people want to buy this like am I doing the right thing am I just telling everybody what they already know which is like such a huge thing as well of thinking that because what you know you know it so well thinking that maybe it's too obvious um and that people will all know what you're talking about but actually it's not true like people don't know what like about your expertise and they don't know what you kind of have to offer if they do they're not your ideal client anyway and they're not someone who would work with you um but equally like i learn stuff all the time from people in my industry like I listen to lives and do workshops and things like that of people, you know, even people doing the same thing as me, I'm going to learn something from them because we're all different. We all present in a different way. We all explain things in a different way. We all have different approaches to things. Um, so which is, yeah, I guess something really important to remember for us. I guess I can be such a, a temptation to go, well, no, I, I run my own business in this. I'm ex I am expected to be an expert so if there is that expectation there, then I can't be seen to watch lives from other people in my industry. I can't be seen to do podcasts with other people from my industry because they're my competition. And I've got to do this on my own and I can't reach out to them and ask for support or I can't go to networking events or, you know, I, I can't I can't do that because I'm trying to 
you know, hashtag slaying my own lane or whatever. And I'm, I'm trying to establish myself. So surely I'm, I'm kind of, I'm talking to the competition and I'm mixing up the boundaries, but actually that sounds like that's not the thing to do. And it, it sounds as though being able to, to continue learning and developing your own practice and your own expertise and getting an understanding of how other people do it is actually a really beneficial thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that, like you're talking about, that feeling like there's not enough room, that's just a huge part of the imposter syndrome. So the imposter syndrome is, you know, it's like not feeling like you're good enough, feeling like you're going to get exposed. That's the main thing, like feeling like basically everything that I've got so far has been down to luck. I'm absolutely winging this. And at some point, everyone's going to find out. (laughs) And that's and that's where we start to compare ourselves to others. And when we compare ourselves to others, we're going, oh, there's not enough room for me or, oh, look, there's already someone teaching people how to do PR. So, it, you know, there's not enough room for me in this space, but it's just all tied up with that same stuff. And um, what you said about the expert is really interesting. And there's actually within imposter syndrome, there's like five different types. Um, so this is a woman called Dr. Valerie Young. She's got a TED talk, um, which is brilliant. And she's basically categorized it all. So the expert is like, basically putting all that pressure on yourself to know absolutely everything that there is to know before you feel like you're good enough to go and share it okay so feeling like you have to know everything there is possibly to know about one subject in the world before you get to be that expert which obviously like is not true at all um and i'll I'll just run you through them because i think they're really interesting so that's the expert and you've got the soloist so that's feeling like you have to do everything on your own and being afraid to ask for help from other people again going back to that like fear of being found out and I guess probably thinking that maybe other people you know they just know it all and that kind of thing um so not wanting to put your hand up and ask a question or you know like we said learning from other people in industry that kind of thing because feeling like but we're supposed to be that expert we're supposed to do this on our own that kind of thing um what else is the natural genius So that's the belief that it's a little bit like the expert, but it's that belief that you should just know it all, like it should just come naturally um, and that you shouldn't have to kind of, there's no room for mistakes, like that kind of thing, Um, which again, I think can really manifest in how you perceive other people. So just thinking that all of these people just know it all, that they haven't worked for it, it's just sort of come to them um, and that kind of thing. Um, The perfectionist, I mean, obviously all of these, like, for me, it's the expert that stands out massively for me. That's where my kind of imposter syndrome comes in. But like you probably recognize a little bit of all of them in yourself. So the perfectionist expecting yourself to be 100% like perfect all of the time. So setting these like crazy expectations for yourself, which you're never going to fulfill because none of us are perfect. Um, But then being really disappointed with yourself when you don't or again, being like, evidence knew I wasn't good enough like that's you know that just proves it to me um and then the last one is the superhero which is basically coming from that belief that we're not good enough and feeling like we have to work 10 times harder to sort of not get found out or to make sure that we're giving everything we've got so that's like your classic workaholic um who works all hours of the day because it's like I can compensate with time for my like perceived lack of knowledge basically so 
is all like it's so interesting when you and I only learned about them recently but when you break it down it's so interesting because I think there'll always be one that really stands out for you but there'll also be parts of obviously all of them yeah I think that's so interesting I think um the expert but also the one where you don't want to put your hand up and ask a question the soloist I am historically and actually I'm just thinking of yeah historically throughout my whole life I'm going to say actually I'm I yeah that that really resonates and I'd be the one that doesn't want to put their hand up because you know I don't want to ask a stupid question or I don't want to look stupid or I don't want to share a reflection on a session that I've been to or a, a live that I've watched or something you know when everyone else is commenting because I don't want to say the wrong thing or you know I, that's that really stands out and I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that podcast and um, that TED talk out because I think once you then start to categorize them and once you start to understand which section you might relate to I guess that takes away part of the power of that imposter syndrome itself and the the little voice that does live in your head because then you start to realize actually it's not it's not you it's something completely different totally and that's like part of it is kind of it's interesting that you say about kind of like the soloist really resonating with you and how far back that goes because such a big part of coaching is you know exploring like where do those beliefs come from so like those limiting beliefs that like you know are sort of part of all those things that get in our way because we really want to believe like oh I can't do this because of whatever so those might be things that either you might have learned from someone else and they actually don't belong to you at all um so you know if you were called lazy all the way through school because actually you were dyslexic you know um and it would, you know that's my brother's like an example from my brother um he was always called lazy the whole time and actually he wasn't like he was severely dyslexic and it wasn't diagnosed till he was in his 20s. So, you know, but that might be something you take on then and you really, really believe and you take that with you. Um, or it might be things that you've just outgrown um, that don't fit you anymore. So I always use this example, but like for me with sports, I was terrible at sport at school, absolutely hated it. Just told myself my whole life, like I hate sport and I'm rubbish at it. And then I know you're a fellow uh, cult member. <laughs> I discovered CrossFit and I was like, oh my God, I'm actually really strong. I'm really good at this. Like, and oh, that whole time I've been telling, like I had never discovered it and I'd never tried new things because I just told myself that I was rubbish. But again, it was like one of those beliefs that was outdated. So um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of, yeah, like look at where those things are coming from. Yeah, what is, what is it about sports at school that instills fear? Because I have exactly the same and... I always thought I can't do sports. You know, I used to, when I was very young, I used to be on the hockey team and the netball team, but I was never very good. And then when I moved to secondary school, I just lost my confidence. And from then on, sports was not my bag. I didn't do PE past year nine. You know, it just wasn't a thing for me. And I've always had a, a, a relationship of like needing to work out and stay fit and stay healthy. But that's you're so right and it's so interesting that you say that because it's only when I started doing CrossFit actually again maybe when did I start just under a year ago and I did what they call CrossFit light for six months which is baby CrossFit as I was calling it which is just 
fitness up. And then in January, I kind of graduated, so to speak, onto proper CrossFit. And it's been brilliant, similar to you, for me to go, I'm building my strengths. I can do this. You know, back in January, I looked like a lost sheep um it like graduating up to proper crossfit and you know you give me a barbell and I'm going what and what what or you know when life went on lockdown and I was doing virtual crossfit sessions um I know I know that the woman who runs the crossfit does actually listen to this so I'm sure she's going to be laughing Danny and Steve if you're listening you're going to be laughing um but like you know on on zoom session crossfit sessions frantically googling what a, what a certain move was or what snatch was or anything like that that they were telling us to do because like, I couldn't remember um but actually now thinking about that journey now I'm like yeah I know what I'm doing and I can do it and that's there's such a sense of achievement within that and and running as well you know I've been writing a lot about about my running journey and again I'm not a natural runner no way um, and I did really badly in sports day at school when I was running and that feeling of you were last by quite a long way in front of everybody um, has really stayed with me. And so again, I've had that story of I'm not a runner. I can't do it. I'm not as fast as everybody else. But actually, you know, what was it? Maybe six weeks ago, we started, um, Ant and I started doing a, a running program and now I've run a 14K I've run the fastest kilometers I've ever run. You, it, and again, you can start to see that progress. And so those stories are starting to unfold as well. But it is really interesting what, what um, experiences that happen to us when we're younger then stay with us and really impact us in one way or another, even if we don't know it. Totally. I mean, I'm still telling myself that I can't run story. It might be true. I'm not sure. Had a very similar experience at sports day. Did you? Sports day. Oh my God. It's the worst. So in our school, you had to volunteer, which is just so stupid. So obviously there were about five of us. Obviously I was one of the geeky ones at school. I mean, funny, but geeky, you know? <laughs> so we would just be like, <laughs> just have to do everything. So I'd be doing and also, our school was terrible at sports, so it's not like we ever did any of these things throughout the year. It was just on sports day. So suddenly I'd be doing high jump. <laughs> I'm really short. High jump. But I do really particularly remember 100 metres. I thought, I could do 100. It's not very far. And there was a girl. I mean, we would have been so young, so it's actually hilarious. And she was like, yeah, well, obviously... I'm not going to be very good because I smoke. I mean, we were probably like 14. And I was like, okay, well, I'll probably beat her at least. No, literally miles away. <laughs> it's funny, but I think like what I was thinking about when you were talking and you said like, what is it about that sports at school? And it's about like those boxes that we like, we love, humans love putting people in categorizing them like sorting people into boxes and being like this is this and and that's where like it ties into all of that kind of like what you think you should be doing and what you really want to do so it's like you know that so we started talking about confidence so what is confidence so if you just ask people off the street like they're probably gonna say someone who's loud someone who you know those kind of things so that's our idea of confidence what about success oh success is being promoted to this position by the time you're this age and owning a house and being engaged and married and then having a kid and but like we have all these ideas of like 
what we should be doing or what what us going back to your example like what a sporty person looks like and we try and we keep them so so narrow and what I got massively from coaching from being coached um, and also from like doing my own coaching qualification and doing this work is being able to separate that should from the want so like what you think you should be doing versus what you actually really really want to do that's great separating the should from the want yes yes and I did that sports day race because I thought I should do it because somebody dropped out and I was a last minute replacement basically nobody else was stupid enough to volunteer (laughs) (laughs) I'd completely forgotten about it until a couple of weeks ago as well and now it's just like at the forefront of my mind and we're talking about it again (laughs) yeah oh man but um yeah it's that's so true that is so true and I guess when there there are so many situations in in life where we do do things because we feel like we have to do them we should do them and we don't want to do them you know having difficult conversations with somebody or you know um saying to someone oh I don't actually want to go to that place on holiday can we go here instead or doing um social media and posts about your business because you feel you have to and it's the thing to do or running your business in a certain way and then I guess there's so much unpicking that can happen because you're like well hang on a minute I've spent my life doing things that I feel I, I should do and I've said yes and I have gone along with every opportunity that's been given to me because I feel it's the thing that I have to do and I run my business in a way that everybody else does because that's the way that works so surely it's not going to work in any other way but then I guess there's it's it that's that imposter syndrome looking for validation and so it's then kind of that that case of oh is that and it's that realization of I have lived my life according to everybody else's hopes and loves and dreams how do I take a step back and work out actually what the hell I want Mm -hmm. and that's where you get that thing of like oh I've got all of these things that I thought I wanted and I still I'm still not happy or like I still just don't feel like I'm quite there and that's just yeah like ticking ticking boxes instead of actually being like what do I really want? What's important to me? And like, yeah, it's a really interesting what you say about running your business. It's like everything, you feel like there's a formula. And obviously, you know, there's things that work and there's things that don't work. But you do also have to trust your own instinct um, and do things your way. And that is what will make you different. So let, like going back to that thing of like, there's not enough room, like there is always room for you because you are going to do it in your way. And that's what's going to make you stand out. And that's what's going to make people, yeah, it's what's going to make you stand out. That's what's going to make someone work with you, a certain person work with you over somebody else. Mind is blown here. (laughs) Gosh, that is such a a brilliant truth bomb. That is so true. Yeah, because it is so easy to go, well, I'm not. I'm not going to put myself out there because what's the point? Because there are tens of thousands of other people who do the same as I do or, you know, thinking about the work that you do in the PR coaching, what's the point in getting in touch with this journalist? Because, you know, they're asking for someone who is a PT and there are tens of other PTs. So 
why should I even bother? What's what's the point? Totally. And like my favorite thing with PR, I'm just like, it's always worth a go. Like it's always worth a shot. It's always worth the pitch. And once you learn and like how to do it and just you get comfortable with the process and you know how to write a pitch and you know what makes a good story or what's a good angle, you can actually put those things out there quite quickly. And yeah, you're not always going to get a reply. You're not always going to get featured. But when you do, it will be so worth it. Okay. So in which case then, if you had, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but if you had one top tip then, thinking about connecting back to who you are and how you go about presenting yourself to the world, and put your business out there, put your brand out there, put yourself out there. What is the one thing that you might suggest that we can do to start us on that journey? So I think it's about, so I think it's about having an opinion. When it comes to PR, it's about having an opinion. And that's about also getting with the coaching stuff about getting comfortable with owning your expertise um, and getting comfortable with putting yourself out there. But what makes a good story is someone having a really strong opinion about something. So um, the way that you can just get started in terms of what's a story is like, you know, read stuff about your industry or when a news story breaks and it's relevant to what you do, like, how does that make you feel? What is your first instinct? Like, if you were going to call one of your friends and talk about it, like, what would you be saying to them? That's your story. Or if you read something that you really don't agree with, like, why do you not agree? What's your opinion? that's your story. So it's, you know, and it takes work. It's hard. Like we've talked about this stuff is like rife and it goes back such a long way. And the thing with the imposter stuff is it doesn't go away. It maybe it changes and, you know, you learn to manage it and there's things that you can do um, to manage that. But about, yeah, basically just not being afraid to kind of like own your opinion and own your expertise and then put that out there. Great. Thank you. That is a great tip and actually something that I'm sure that myself included so many people will actually really really benefit from um so I've just got one last question for you what is thinking about everything that we've discussed today and just thinking about the life of the universe and the world in general what is one thing that you would looking back now that you would tell your younger self I would definitely go back to that should versus want like if I had to go back, I'd just be like, okay, let's work out what you really want from life and let's just go for it. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter if it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. What do I actually want? And then making decisions, just going based off, well, what do I want from the situation? Not what has my friend got or what has my colleague got or what do I think I should be doing at this age or stage or whatever it is so yeah if I could go back and do that it would be amazing and sometimes I think like oh if I could go back now like everything I know now and just do that all again but it's not the point in life unfortunately no I guess not it'd be boring if we could do that really (laughs) as cliche as it sounds I guess it's all part of the learning curve isn't it yeah definitely and just and I guess also like you're not on your own like all of us feel this, all of us can resonate with that stuff. It doesn't go away, but it is, yeah, just finding ways to manage that. Amazing, thank you, Sky. Um, Sky, speaking about not not being on your own and actually having support for 
um, people to be able to find out what is holding them back and stopping themselves from putting themselves out there. Could you tell us a little bit more if people are interested about how they can find out more about you, where they can find out more about your coaching, um, get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. So my website is skyferguson.co.uk. So you can find me there and get in touch. Um, and if you are a female business owner and you want to know a little bit more, um, yeah, about getting yourself featured in the media and how you can deal with that, I have a Facebook group called PR Made Easy, how to get yourself featured in the press. So come and find us. There's so many amazing women in there. I'm loving it. And we will get you started. I can vouch for that as well, because I am part of that group. (laughs) (laughs) And what I'll do is I'll, um, in the show notes as well, I'll link to it as well. So it's there for people to be able to head to and see as well. Um, Sky, it's been such a pleasure Thank you so, so much. Honestly, it's my mind has just been blown kind of unpicking this idea of imposter syndrome today and seeing what we identify with and what is going on for us and what holds us back and, and what we can do to move forward. So thank you. Oh, thank um, you so much for having me. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. There is a lot. I think we could, stuff. couldn't we? <laughs> that is the danger, is that we just record a two-hour podcast. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, just so, yeah, it's nice to talk about it. We're not alone, guys. We are not on our own. We are not alone. Well, thank you so much. I will catch you very soon. Thank you. Bye. My goodness me. <laughs> Needless to say, my mind was blown during that recording and that conversation. I just, I think it is so fantastic how there is that mixture of mindset work, which is so vital when we're looking at putting ourselves out there alongside the strategy and the practical work that we need to do to get featured in the press and put ourselves out there and own ourselves as experts. So I will put her links in the show notes, but again, it's skyferguson.co.uk. And also don't forget to head to her Facebook group, PR Made Easy. It's well worth doing, well worth checking out. And yeah, hope you have a great rest of your week. I will catch you next week. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As ever, if you did enjoy it, please do remember to rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to spread the word. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at amylayton.com. All right, have a great one. Catch you next week.